Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. And I am Andrew. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. And this week, because of St. Patrick's Day, we're doing a special crossover episode with the guys from An Irish Eyes Are Watching, who have joined us for our past two Irish-connected podcasts, including um, Braveheart and uh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. And we're keeping that theme going with this special St. Patrick's Day episode covering the great Irish film Room. Uh, which was directed by Lenny Abramson. Uh, it was funded by the Irish Film Board and is one of the films that helped establish Irish cinema sort of on the map globally in terms of awards fair. Uh, we're going to take a different tack this week than we normally do. We're not going to break into spores and we're just going to talk about the movie generally from the outset. Uh, but guys, had everybody here seen Room beforehand? I, I hadn't actually and I'd, I'd read the book and it was one of those oh. ones where I kept saying <laughs> I should go see it. The problem was is having read the book and the, the book is really really well written by uh, Emma Donoghue but it, it just wasn't one that I was ever coming out of work yeah. and being like I gotta go see Room I gotta <laughs> and then it won all the awards and I was like I gotta go see this I got and then I just I, I actually didn't so no this was the first time for me. Yeah my mother had the exact same experience she still hasn't seen it and mm. she's like I read the book the book was great mm. I have no desire to see it again. Yeah because um, the book is so traumatic and so well written and so like well crafted and everything it's just I was a little wary of, of actually wanting to sort of sit through that whole thing again but yeah no it was, it was an excellent film I had, an, I had a nice experience watching this I think uh, I was living with my mother in my mother's house and my girlfriend mm-hmm. you know so like a, a, how big was the house it was quite small so a drama about you know kind of you know, <laughs> 10 list, feet by 10 feet you know being in a closet and listening to the people having sex oh god you know it was, it was very close to life you know so <laughs> I'm watching and I'm watching with my mom on one Testify. side my girlfriend on the other and I'm thinking guys it's, it's all there on screen yeah, yeah. so that might be a bit too personal so this is the second time you saw it yeah, yeah. and we were kind of all packed onto the one sofa you know so yeah. that was good yeah. I think it's appropriately personal <laughs> bear my soul here this, this sets a good kind of a timber yeah, yeah. Uh, what about yourself Andrew have you seen this before well, when I, when I, no, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking, how do, how do I <laughs> come up with something more traumatic no. than that? No, um, this is the first time I had seen it. Um, my, um, I, 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 I remember my mother had read the book um, and we had it at home and she was watching television one evening and saw that the, the movie of, uh, um, of, of, of room was on and started watching it but realised after a while that it was their room <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the Tommy Wiseau one exactly oh, yeah a mistake that tends to happen you know? yeah um, <laughs> this one Oscars yeah <laughs> I sure heard it's a harrowing study <laughs> of trauma and psychosis it what? actually happened I, I like the, this happens sometimes there there's um, I, like on digital television there will sometimes be something and you switch over to it and realise that it's not what you thought it was like the, the um, there's like a Nollywood television show called Taxi Driver about 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 a um, taxi driver who takes people around um, yeah. in a good way, not in like a <laughs> yeah, Scorsese yeah. killing way. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and all the interesting characters that he meets. Um, but this was your first time watching this room singular, no proper, you know, no the in front of it. The, yes, yeah, yeah. This is the first time I'd seen a room. All right. Um, now we normally ask before we talk about the movie a bit more depth, sort of three questions about it just to get things going. First one is, do you think that this movie belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made? 
And I know that Alex and Andrew have not seen this before, so I'm going to give them a bit of prep time and go, Sean. Oh, God. Spotlight. God. I mean, you guys have to do this every And should Spotlight be on? <laughs> <laughs> Follow-up question. Spotlight is actually ranked, I think, one higher appropriately. Really? Yeah, okay. what, what number is this? This is 151. 151. But how long will a movie stay in there? I mean, how, what's what, the kind of trajectory of a movie? Well, there's about 120 movies that have been on there since okay. 1996. Okay. But generally, they tend to come in and go out. This one's yeah. been here, obviously, for three years. Okay. Um, its highest point, I think, was around the 100 mark. So it's dropped 50 spaces in the last, say, three years. Okay. So it'll take at that rate, it'll be out within the next decade or so. Okay. Uh, does it belong on the... Oh, God, who can answer that question? You guys can. Uh <laughs> Your pods about so I think it, it, it belongs there. I think in, in the last ten years, and that's something I evaluated. In the last ten years, I haven't seen a movie that's kind of been so harrowing. I, I suppose like the the themes and the performances uh, are really absorbing and really moving. And I was welling up uh, after watching it the second time. And you know we were watching it, and we're four guys kind of stuck on a couch and. I kind of make kind of jokes a little bit. I was like, no, no jokes. Let's feel it, Sean. Be prepared to feel it. You know, it's okay to feel it. You know? Um, So for the last 10 years, I'd say it's one of the best movies that I've seen in the last 10 years. So it deserves its place. Yeah, I would kind of agree. It's hard to obviously, you know, and I know Preece said this is what your podcast is about, quantify like the 250 and is this one of these lists. But I do think... This is an exceptionally well-made film with a few very, very exceptionally good performances. So why not? You know, especially considering some of the other things on it. And similar to what Sean was saying, you what, know, you mean you don't think this is better than The Blind Side? Yeah, that's what I mean. That I, it's <laughs> certainly, that certainly a lot. Oh no, better. The Blind Side is. Sorry, The Help is. The Help, right? Yeah, right, right. yeah. The Blind Side was. Yeah. Ah, yeah, and I think that's probably why it's on there because it got so much awards attention. It became one of these worthy films that people kind of you know yeah. recommended and, and talked about but i do think unlike a lot of those films this one does it, it's got some really incredible stuff and it does you know there are a lot of it's funny because when similar to what john was saying when i was watching this different to the the book when i was reading the book i just you just go with the book the book is sort of very it, it's it's crafted very well in terms of perspectives and stuff whereas it's first person perspective from the perspective exactly of, uh, from the, the child itself yeah. but it means that you're not like <laughs> I was almost coming up with like escape plans and stuff, you know, watching the film version because you are kind of when you're presented with it thinking, oh, maybe you could try that, maybe you could try that. Now, of course, the film's very good about eventually addressing all the reasons why they have been trapped there and why, and then particularly they didn't try those things. Yeah, and 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 the, the book or the movie, the movie, the the, the, the um, well, actually both. You do kind of like get teased out. It's just when yeah. it's presented in a film, I thought it was, it was it was a lot more stark. But then, as you say, Sean, it sort of becomes like stop thinking about like trying to escape the thing mm. and just go with the experience and it was shot so well and yeah so I, I absolutely does does probably warrant a place on the list and Andrew um yes yeah yeah no I I, I, w- I would put it on the list having having just seen it for the first time yeah no I'd I'd I'd, I'd agree with 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 a lot of um uh what Alex has said I uh, haven't, haven't, I suppose, had a time to kind of like process what I think the movie is about or any of those sorts. Of, the, but it's uh, okay, Andrew. We've guests on this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the, uh, Sean starts sweating profusely. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was it was interesting, and I didn't have um, like um, the big uh, kind of emotional reaction to it that it can sometimes have i know we will we'll ask darren the other side of the spoiler zone the listeners will find out if darren cried no i i i hadn't i think it's because it's like um early in the morning 
the lads together. <laughs> uh, having a good time. Full of coffee and sugar. Watch Difficult, it. yeah. <laughs> On the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It should um, be noted, by the way, that this is like... There's a reason that this is the last Irish connected film that we're covering. That we were like, let's do Braveheart first. Yeah, like, that's good. Let's track. do Barry yeah. Lyndon first. Yeah. And it's like, Room, despite being funded by the Irish Film Board, despite yeah. being directed by an Irish director, and despite being like one of the most important Irish films of the is past decade. Written by an Irish author? Uh, Canadian Irish. Irish Canadian as well. So yeah, it's it's like the most Irish movie that isn't like obviously. Uh, what's it called? And also the In most the Irish the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the the. the theme the theme, <laughs> although I, I think it's based on on um, uh, well, I, I'll yeah, let well, you talk about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of myself, I would agree. It's actually it's interesting because it's one of the rare movies with a strong female perspective on there. I mean, there are movies on the list with sort of strong female leads. Think of Alien, Aliens, for example. Even stuff like Aliens. <laughs> as it is known in <laughs> France, <N-N-E-S. laughs> yeah, as it is known in France, for example, Les Aliens. Um, <laughs> But there's also like Amelie and stuff like that. But this is is a film that is avowedly um, and uncontroversially sort of feminist. And it's interesting that I think it came in in 2015, which I think was around about the cusp of when the internet started reacting strongly against things that were this sort of way. I wonder if this movie were made and released today, would it get a place on the list and would it is play it, so highly? Is it as good as a little <laughs> a little <laughs> battle angel? Little battle angel. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, you just need to look at the other Brie Larson feminist movie that's been released recently and how the internet has responded to that to get a sense of how much host- more hostile the internet is I don't have to. I can just follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That, that will also help as well. So, yeah, I, I think it does deserve a place despite my own... I have some issues with the film myself uh, but we'll get to those in a moment second question then in terms of like springboarding this is your own personal lists so Sean if you had a list of like 250 movies because I know you keep one handy right yes who course, doesn't yeah. who doesn't have a little notebook would this with be 231 or 232 <laughs> 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 that's the question <laughs> no, no 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 would you rate this yeah, personal it's, list? yeah. Like, I don't think I've seen 250 movies. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Uh, well, to be honest with you... Um, Does it rank higher or lower than Leprechaun? Or Leprechaun in Space? You haven't seen any of those. Leprechaun in the hood. I, I refuse to do the Leprechaun ones. Yeah. <laughs> the, there is a part of me that does feel about this, that it's it's kind of high-class art torture porn. Uh, that's kind of what I feel about it. And the, the way it kind of works is that... Uh, for for me, when I was watching the second time, was that when are we past the spoiler zone or? What ah, kind of there are no, there are no spoiler zone really. I mean, the poster kind of always gives away. I think the main twist. Okay, so we, I, yeah, I, I mean, we yeah, the, 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 the I suppose maybe maybe we we can. Uh, well, 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 we do. I mean, I mean, I mean, they, 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 it's 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 not it's not it's something not, happens. At it's the not very point spoiler point. friendly. If a uh, spoiler spoiler heavy movie, but I guess if 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 people are of the mind that they don't want to know anything about the movie, yeah. and you uh, for some reason. Have have learned nothing about what the movie have is lived about. Have in a box, a then, ten by yeah. ten, uh, <laughs> and you like things that just way. Just out of your then, own room. Then, <laughs> then, then, yeah, go, go. Um, I think, I think a, a lot of us would agree to kind of go ahead and see the movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 But anyway, sorry, Sean. So, okay. so, so pause the podcast, watch the movie, come back and okay. get Sean's answer, which okay. is on his own. So high class torture porn. Uh, so I'm gonna reiterate that um, and why. Because there's a moment where the, the movie is kind of two halves. There's the there's the room, and then there's post the room. And that's mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be that big post room. And then we see the perspective from Jack. You know, we see Jack's perspective. And then when we see Jack 
first time in the world. I'm not doing great spoiler for you here, but we see Jack first time in the world. He's no, you, at, you can, you can, you can talk about spoilers. It's yeah, fine. Okay. So we see, we see Jack and he's kind of looking at like the Tarmacadam and he's looking at the trees. And I feel like, oh my God, it's, it's so amazing. And I'm mm. thinking, wow, the film has really kind of brought me to this point where I'm seeing Tarmacadam and trees. Yeah, power lines. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I can, you know, I, 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 I am Jack. You know, we are all Jack. I, but then when I, I feel just like there's almost... Like it's like misery and misery and misery and misery and torture and torture and torture and Jack kind of redeems it all because Jack for me it, like this is kind of one this is the the I don't know the horrible person in me kind of coming out and saying why I don't like the movie but it's like saying Jack is like the dog that we pet in the movie and there's a dog in it and we all feel sympathetic towards the dog and he's just like this kind of ball of love it's like what I'm, I'm Jack kind of, makes it palatable I think perhaps yeah. is the, and it, he sort of takes the edge off some of the horrible horrible yeah. horrible stuff in there yeah and I think I kind of disagree with you because I think the film's very well done in the way it approaches it's mo- the most horrible aspects and mm-hmm. something that the book as well mm-hmm. did very well it alludes to things without necessarily lingering on them and I think even yeah. the scenes for instance with William H. Macy mm-hmm. his whole role seemed to sort of address a particular Mm-hmm. issue a particular sort of thing in the room that was probably on everyone's minds but not yeah. something they were either, that they had addressed I suppose but in their own way and that's why I, I like the film it doesn't uh, but the, you it's know, not like a it's not something that focuses on like even the escape the escape seems to happen yeah. you know in it's, it's scary and it's terrifying yeah. But you do kind of know it's going to happen nearly. You I know? was very it's... nervous yeah, during, the, scary, during yeah. the escape. I, I, I really, um, like, I, I guess I knew that eventually they would escape. But I was thinking kind of like, it's probably going to take the whole movie. And maybe the... the, the, the well, this is like, the thing. Like, you can't imagine that halfway through, it's mm-hmm. there's be an escape attempt. It'll be botched. He'll murder both of them. And the next hour of the film is just spent <laughs> with old Nick. You yeah. can't really quite imagine the movie taking that turn. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think that's why I think the film is, it, it, its best talent lies in that addressing things. And even when he's making, uh, when he's later, when he's making cupcakes with his grandmother, and you can see the grandmother is so interested in hearing about what happened to her daughter and how mm-hmm. things went, but doesn't want to pry. And the way the child certain sort of says... Well, when he talks about being in the war, we've talk. already seen that, though. Yeah. yeah. We've already seen that. So. Yeah, but I suppose what I mean is there's no scenes of... It's not like this is a, something that shows the trial. It doesn't. Sh- we don't learn mm. about this guy. We don't learn anything. You know, it's all about the mother and it's about the child. And you can put together all the pieces around that, the trauma and the difficulties yeah. and the detail of some of the horrible stuff. But the, the film conveys all that without, as you say, being mm. torture porn. I didn't think it was that at all. I, I, I think the trauma in it, I think it's, it's a bit too, what's the word? Voyeuristic. I find it very voyeuristic sometimes. And okay. I, I feel like... There's a part in it where uh, it's very poignant where Jack will, you know, he cuts his, he has this kind of thing about being Samson, you know? Yeah. And he'll, he cuts his hair and he gives them to his mother, you know? It's like, and my, my mother needs my strong, you know? Mm. And I, I find it almost, it's very poignant, but I find it almost too twee, you know, the way he, he doesn't say it's my strength, it's my strong. Mm. You know, he's only five. I know, I know guys. I know. Yeah. He's only five. <clears throat> I know that. He's had a but hard life. He's had a hard life. I know. But I want to join us later. Sean will go on Jacob Tremblay's it's, performance. It's strength. It's strength. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, I, Your parents should be telling you that. It's strength. Okay. <laughs> and if you say strength, yeah. then I'll accept it. It's yeah. kids. You say strong. <laughs> kids I these days. You do a better job, Joy, raising your kid in a yeah. 10 by 10. You literally have nothing else to do except teach him to read. No. But she wants to teach him to read by teaching him to read. 
can, Alice. You can correct. correct. So, she corrected lately. He said yeah. lately. She corrected lately. Mm-hmm. When he said strong, she should have said strength. But you get, uh, parents uh, now and like society, they just don't like uh, correct children. Mm-hmm. They just give them uh, a medal. Mm-hmm. But she's telling telling him that uh, telling him that he's smart. But my point he's not smart. He's no. saying strong <laughs> instead Whoa, of strength. Okay. But my general point is my general point is that the film doesn't have to manipulate this us. Took a turn. <laughs> the film doesn't have to manipulate us with this kind of faux twee adorableness of the boy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to say strong. He can say strength, and that will be effective. I find this. I, I find this very. Affected. Oh, and, and that's that's what I, when when you're watching a movie and you f- find a point that's phony. That's what that yeah, I know phony to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And I'm kind of I'm kind of halfway between the two extremes in this, and that I, I understand why it's you know I can see the idea that it's it's basically sugarcoating what is a horrific experience, and it acknowledges the trauma. Mm. But it allows the audience, particularly like an audience watching what is a prestige picture that's getting a big release and getting lots of awards love to experience this but without actually acknowledging a lot of the visceral horror and terror of it but the other side of that is that if you do that then it becomes like exploitative and voyeuristic and cynical and stuff like that so it's a very hard thing to handle i will say though that uh, and there's an interesting article from megan garber at the atlantic who noted that when this arrived in late 2015 it arrived as part of a trend of larger narratives about that were not about trauma being inflicted on women per se, but were structured around the idea of women escaping from and recovering from trauma. She pointed, for example, to the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was released on yeah, Netflix around the same made time. Yeah, think a lot about this. Yeah, but, yeah which, but, which starts with a similar well, premise. It's I the think idea. It was, it was because it was, it was all kind of in 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 the aftermath of 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 real life events like the, the, the likes of Joseph Fritzl mm. and um, now Donnie claims she wasn't directly influenced by any individual case but yes there are very strong parallels and there was the case of the winter- that she had been okay. yeah but, sorry maybe, maybe I'd taken that up wrong um, and there was also the um, the Castro case in 2013 which was yeah. after the book was published as well but yeah the idea that this sort of thing was resonating through the sort of popular consciousness as well but I mean Garber argues that like this She's is alive, <laughs> that this is kind of a way to reappropriate like the standard narrative of these sort of stories is the woman suffers and maybe she escapes at the end or maybe she's freed at the end and I mean you, you just think of for example the fairy tales like Snow White or Sleeping Beauty but even if you go to stuff like say The Science of the Lambs which has like you know your woman trapped down the bottom of a well who gets out at the you end won. of the movie um, okay C- um, Catherine Martin apologies <laughs> very good uh, very good Whoa. I respect this man uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was stalling up. because I didn't really know I wasn't entirely sure I knew that it was Catherine Martin but um, I don't know or whether that's the name of her mother but yes it has uh, Martin down the the, uh, the well and she gets out at the end and the same with all these serial killer, Martin, killer narratives like kiss the girl that sort of stuff mm. um, and what Garber's argued is that this wave of films and TV shows and she pointed to like BBC's uh, 13 for example and she made a number of what I would describe as slightly more spurious examples, which include things like The Shallow, starring Blake Lively, in which the monster she's menaced by is a shark, mm. but also Game of Thrones, which fixates on the idea of women who are held captive and imprisoned in, in marriages, but also, you know, assaulted physically and emotionally, but so who have she, journeys that venture. I get the impression uh, she needed to write an article. <laughs> like maybe <laughs> a long read. Yeah. 
Um, but it, it, she makes a very convincing case that it, it's arguably an attempt to reappropriate these old narratives for a modern culture. So, for example, in the old days, women would have waited to have been freed by men, by Prince Charming. Even if you think of Shrek, for example, the idea was that marriage was how women escaped these sort of traps. Whereas now, in 2015, we're more interested not only in watching women suffer and escape at the end, but in fixating on how they did it and what happens afterwards, which is one of the things I like about Room structurally, is that it's it pivots at the halfway point. Now... Mm. This is sort of my own personal issue with the film, where I'm not sure it makes for a good film. Structurally, it seems like an idea that works better in a book, where you've got, as Alex pointed out, the subjective point of view of of Jack guiding you. It might work well in a stage, where you've got a two-hander on a very claustrophobic and tight set, and then can expand in the second act. I'd argue it would probably even work better on television, where you can literally split the movie in half and make it a miniseries. You can have one story of captivity and one story of afterwards. What I found watching it the first time, what I found watching it this time for me personally, was that the two halves each seem underdeveloped because they have to make room for the other one. So the first half is very conventional, sort of, you know, sort of, you know, trapped in a box, how do you get out of the box situation. And the second half is a lot hazier and unfocused and full of wonderful little scenes and wonderful little beats, but doesn't necessarily, for me, have the room to breathe along those lines. And it would almost work better... If I know you, what you mean, yeah. If you picked one and did them. I think the, the one thing I thought that the book did very well is because it's nearly entirely from his perspective, it, it works. Whereas I see what you mean when it opens up. The one thing I'd say about the room sequences is they are from his perspective. Even the yeah. sort of like macro photography that's used. He focuses on things like crumbs and toys and mm. even the like perspective of the room, it's all from his per- yeah. perspective. Or even when he's in the wardrobe and he's exactly. through, the, through the blinds. You never actually when, see anything except yeah. from what he can see from the wardrobe. When his mother is, when, 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 when Ma is in bed all day. Um, her joy, gone day. Yeah, her mm. gone day. It's just following him around. Like. Yeah, it's and not. It's, it's yeah. not. It, it's it, the 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 camera doesn't stay with her. And, yeah, yeah. And I think then. I can and see even that. later on, when she goes to hospital, when she's checked into hospital after the sort of overdose. Yeah. It the, the narrative stays tightly on him. But it's funny because I, I think that's what is, does definitely dilute the second half of the film is the camera does wander from his perspective slightly, and it, particularly when you have domestic scenes. Um, with with um, her family, her wider family, especially her mother and her father, and her mother's friend Leo, who's uh, was a funny guy. But <laughs> the, the the framing of all that is a lot more conventional and a lot more now. Here is people having a fight. Here is an actual like you know an interview she has to prep for and stuff. And even though you know he's still in the room, Jack's still in the room, maybe looking at something. It's not entirely. He feels like more a piece in part of the wider thing yeah. than it did in the first part. Yeah, of the but film. in the first part, it's not all from it. It's not just from, like I know. It's not just from his perspective in the first part. There are scenes where, like when we see old Nick the first time, we see old Nick from his perspective. Yeah. But then there are definitely points where... Yeah, it the, comes out. You know, yeah. So he's in the carpet. We don't like see him yeah. like, from the yeah. carpet. So like, they, they do kind of establish the... But even then, like that's more... constantly intercut with shots of him in the carpet yeah. and the, what it looks like from the carpet as well. Mm. That's what I felt, that like the second half, they manage, and they have a lot to do because I think you are naturally curious about like where they're going to stay, what's going to happen, how is everyone going to be okay, how, you know... What are they going to do in this next part of the life? So they does have to open out a little yeah. bit. I I was wondering in the second part what the um, what the stakes are now, kind of as as in what what um, kind of what what are what are we what waiting are we waiting for? for? Like they that they, 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 um, they've they've now escaped, and it, it seems like any the 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 kind of work 
of adjusting to the real world isn't something that's going to happen in the next um, in in, yeah. in the next half of this movie. That's yeah. going to take kind of uh, years or a lifetime. Except 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 for Joy, who immediately is like, "Hey, yeah, yeah." Like, when I she answers some, the phone, I remember I thinking, some, yeah. There's a really good scene breakfast in, up uh, here? In, in Castaway with Tom Hanks where he's there's this massive like table of food because they assume he's been living on a desert island for years so they like give him a table of food and he picks up a, a lighter and just goes like click click and the little flame comes in and out which was something on the island that took him like weeks to master how to make flame. And it's just such a well-observed little moment. And then, as you say, she's in hospital and she just picks up the phone like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. I think she yeah. may even flick the phone in midair yeah, as well. It's like, not oh, yeah. like an awkward, like I'm holding it wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, it's no. like, hold on, hold on. There's another, another call coming through. Yeah. 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 Hey, no, I'm on the other phone. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have uh, like a touch phone I can home. use? Yeah. Uh, I know I've, I've been locked in a room for like at this stage. Hey, do you want to do a three-way? And yeah. then it's, it's like, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all hear Trump each other. Great. Yeah. Um, what's up? Um, they're, they're also, like, <laughs> I think yeah. she would be saying, "What's up?" And it's like, "Oh, sorry, is that no longer?" Question <laughs> no one: Is that no longer? <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean that exists in order to give you the contrast between Joy and Jack's responses to the world. But there yeah. is there is a sense that yeah, Joy, who has been locked in a room for seven years, imagine <clears> being locked in a room for seven years and coming out into the modern world. You'd be like. Well, I'm going to travel to Britain, which is great because it's part of the EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine going to the US is also quite easy. Mm. Darren, like we, we, this isn't this isn't being released live. We don't know <laughs> what, 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 what will happen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Can you imagine coming out of a captivity in in seven years? Though, how different the world would seem even seven years ago. From UK now. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> who's president yeah. 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 but uh, I go back into the room <laughs> yeah. but yeah and I, but I that, that exists I think largely so you can have Jack's sort of confused reaction to it that sort of like innocent wide-eyed sort yeah. of like uh, it's, and, it's like because well, um, he has no frame of reference at all like she has is, she has at least a frame Sonny of and Cher still have that terrible <laughs> show <laughs> she won an Oscar and he became a congressman um <laughs> But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that in there, um, and actually, like to be fair, Tremblay is fantastic in this. He's I so good, um, and I, 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 Clean and I actually always have arguments because I always kind of think child actors are usually when they do a really good performance where she's like, that's just a precocious child playing the role of a precocious child. But I actually, it's good like, casting, yeah, often. yeah. But I think that was a performance. Like I, he was very very good in that. I, I did. I didn't think Jeffrey Tambor could do that, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really. <laughs> But J- Jacob J- Jacob Tremblay's uh, performance, though, it's remarkable because he's also. Oh yes, sorry, Jacob. <laughs> sorry. He's, sorry, he's really good at. Uh, he's he's really good here, but he's also one of those kids who's very good at PR. In right. that, you can send him on a press tour, and he will have great fun. Uh, when asked what it was like to act in Room, and was it difficult to act in Room, his response was, "I'm a normally curious kid. I like asking questions." I like being with people who are nice. It wasn't that hard. The hardest part was pretending I liked Dora the Explorer. <laughs> that took acting. Oh, wow. And it was like, wow, kid, you are going to go places. Yeah. Just, uh, like, uh, unnecessary takedown <laughs> of, of Dora, Dora the, the Explorer. Explorer. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's remarkable. In fact, like, apparently the hardest thing to do was the scenes where he would shout at Brie Larson. 
Um, and to do that, the cast and crew would get him into... they rile him up by all yelling at each other. Making him watch Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, just to get him properly angry. But, like, the scene at the start where he's talking about, like, the cake and the candles and wanting candles on yeah, the cake. Yeah. Um, to do that, the entire cast and crew had to yell at each other for about five minutes in order to get, like, the vocal level from him at the level that they wanted it. Wow. Sounds pretty cruel on the kid. Mm. I mean, well, yeah, we were wondering whether the uh, the cold air was digitally added or not. Yeah. Mm. The, the, the breath in the cold room or whether they went full method after. Apparently, Larson would also, because this is not a script that you could give to a... At the time he was seven years old, mm-hmm. Larson would explain the uh, script scene by scene to him uh, in order to do that sort of like Kubrick thing with The Shining, where mm. it's like, you're making a perfectly normal, happy movie. Mm. And um, he's old enough now that she can unlay. Because yeah. yeah. he can make uh, a comedy. Because he's, <laughs> he's smart. Um, he's a smart kid. Um, in, in spite of not uh, knowing that it's strength, not strong. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about that. Oh, he should be corrected. <laughs> there were several adults around him. I, you, know, you don't let kids away with these things. They have to learn. I'm I mean. kind of of, of of two minds. I feel like um, if 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 I had a child or if I were supervising a child and they were saying, Can I have some shoddy? Um, that I might not correct them. I might be just like, oh, that's really cute. I hope they keep saying that forever. No, yeah. you get echo correct. Say, here's your soda. <laughs> like soda. soda. Just to be clear, you can't have some soda because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, that was a lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm doing now is the opposite of a lie. I am unlying to you. Um, but yeah, apparently the interesting thing is the script was written by Emma Donny herself. Um, adapted from her novel. She wrote the script before the book was even published. Um, really? Yeah. What? She had, uh, she basically, she's a Canadian Irish author. She'd written a series of books in the 90s, largely about updating uh, classic fairy tales. I think Hood is one of hers, which is the telling of Red Riding Hood, but it's just updated for the oh, modern I'd heard about that. Yeah, I didn't realize that was her. All right. Um, and she had such faith in the idea of Room as a feature film that she wrote the screenplay uh, before the book was published. Lenny Abramson uh, wrote a 10-page fan letter to her. Uh, which will include the show notes, uh, which basically in which he, he explained how much he loved the film, uh, sorry, he loved the book, and how much he wanted to, to adapt it for film. I think the last line of it was, please trust me with your movie, um, even though he didn't know that she'd written a script already. Hmm. She agreed on three conditions. Um, the first condition was that she use his script, or that, sorry, that he use her script. The second condition was that he keep the breastfeeding in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third condition was that the room be as close as, prop- as possible in terms of physical dimensions to it. I think it's slightly larger than it is in the book because you have to fit six people holding boom mics and cameras in there as well. What about the, the second request? The breastfeeding one? Yeah. That's in there. That's in there. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Really? Do you remember when he pulls her jumper at the end? Yeah, I, I do yeah. remember that. <laughs> but that's the only... Like, the two shots, two shots, shots where, yeah, where she's cradling him and she has her shirt up. Um, yeah. Ah. It, it, it is relatively... Normally I'd be... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Normally you'd be... Let's pause there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That won't make the final edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I was wondering I, when we were watching, and he tugged on her jumper, and I was I, I I I missed it, but I was too like you know shy to ask. I can really like jumpers. So. Yeah, I did notice it then, but I was thinking, oh, it's strange that they haven't like alluded to that earlier on. 
Nope, twice no, apparently. Yeah, they're, they're. Um, and yeah, that was done for several reasons. So uh, Donny, you made the choice for several reasons. Darren, uh, Darren, Darren uh, covers my eyes whenever there's anything uh, <laughs> inappropriate on screen. But yeah, uh, Donny, you did it for three reasons. The first of which was to cement the bond between mother and kid, um, also because of the the need for nutrients and stuff like that. But also, apparently, it's a form of natural contraception. Um, the idea oh, was that the character. Right. Would I did be, one. That was another thing. Yeah. Yes. Why the character? Why only? Um, Jack has been conceived yeah. um, apparently one of the cuts that Donahue made in the script was that in the book it suggested that there was a child before Jack oh right um, and the child was stillborn um, oh yeah I do remember and that as a result was one of the reasons why old Nick allowed her to have Jack and to keep Jack as her own mm. uh, was because he was involved in the birth and the birth was a stillbirth and apparently, um, in the book, she mentioned it was easier to... You could work that in naturally. In the film, the only place that she could put it in the script was in the closing scene, which is the scene where they go back triumphantly to the room and like see it being demolished and torn apart and say goodbye to it so that they can leave it behind. And she was like, yeah, when I, when I wrote the scene, when they're like, oh, by the way, there's a grave here of a stillborn child I had before you, kind of put a bit of a downer on, on the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, we, we cut that. That was a, that was a trim. That was a kind of a Lenny cut that, and Lenny was entirely right to cut that, which is in. So they never filmed that. They just. I don't know if they yeah. filmed it, but okay. originally in the script, the idea was okay. when they go back to the backyard. Um, that's why there's People some. People are really excited with the deleted scenes that they get on their Blu-ray, and one of them is like a grave of a of a of a stillborn, of a child. stillborn child. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. this is this is the thing where you have that idea of how delicate yeah. it is to manage tone in a movie like this. It's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Like I I I think. I get I, I I guess I think this movie does an okay job of it, of managing the the the, the, the tone. Well, I think Jack it does a huge part of it because Jack it, is innocent and wide-eyed and funny. It does. It, yeah, it doesn't. It could be very. Um, it could be very much sort of um, torture porn or kind of a essentially a, a, a like a, a, a horror torture, movie. Art torture porn. Art torture porn. Okay. Um, that very important qualification there. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I, I think I think it does a decent job of balancing that out, you mm. know, with the yeah, definitely. with the kind of lightness um, that Jack's character brings and the sense yeah. of wonder that he has as well. And it, I, I think we we were talking about that 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 sense of wonder, but that also kind of sense of unfamiliarity. Because mm. I mean, I get the sense of wonder when I'm when I'm in kind of like Dublin where I live. Like I remember being in my college one day and I, I was kind of like waiting for a, a lecture to start. And I remember thinking like this whole kind of building, they dug into the ground and then put up all these foundations and then gradually like kind of built it floor by floor and then had to get all these people to come in and, and wire everything through and plaster it. But now we don't even think of any of all of, 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 all of that stuff. It's all yeah. just there. And there's a whole row of, um, of, of, of outlets that we can plug something in where the electricity is coming from. Yeah. Kind of, uh, and there's all this kind of infrastructure there and it's so amazing. Yeah, that, well, and and just, it's like a, asking somebody to explain, yeah. like how 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 this thing works. Like I remember my mother one, one time saying, um, "How how how does Google Maps work?" And I, of course, being being a terrible person, thought, "What a silly question!" And then I started <laughs> explaining it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, how does it work?" <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but and and also that sense of um, unfamiliarity. 
or like the the um i know it's a very different sensation but when you're in when you're when you've gone and visited somewhere like went on holidays mm. and you're waking up in 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 like a city that you've never been before and every street is 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 it's new, new. Mm. yeah there's 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 this kind of tremendous sense of of um, of wonder and kind of strangeness that you see through um, the eyes of a uh, Jack's mm. eyes, yeah. I mean, she did really well. Yeah, uh, really well. Yeah. Donnie was talking about how, like, when she she had a child who was one and a half years old and a child who was four years old when she was writing this as well, and this was a an allegory for motherhood for her to a certain extent because there was the fear that she was losing her life to children, um, and the. What she did afterwards, after she finished writing the book, was she went through it and she highlighted every phrase that she had stolen from her four-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And it was like there was not a page that was unmarked at wow. the end. So, like, this is in terms of proper research, uh, which is kind of, it's, you know, there's a something that feels very genuine about the way that Jack looks at the world and the wonder that he has. Yeah. Even little things like his, he doesn't even use proper nouns. They are just nouns. It's like there is, it's not the room we're in. It's just room. It's mm. not, uh, you know, it's not wall. It's the wall. It's, mm. uh, sorry, it's not the wall. It's wall. You know, well, that's well, well, why would it make, yeah. sorry. sorry. Oh, no, no. I was thinking, why would it make sense to have a, like, a, what do you call it? A definite article yeah. when there is just <laughs> Only room. one there article. Only <laughs> one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else could you possibly be referring to? When yeah. you, but the way you said that was that she had stolen it from her child. If her, her, why would her child be making mistakes like that? Why are we saying no, like, room? I, I don't think like specifically room. that no. example. I don't think strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have strong. <laughs> Obviously, Emma Donahue. Okay. Emma Donahue is, is not research. It's not as strict with her child. Didn't tell her children about the outside world. Yeah, <laughs> and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, there, there was one moment. To be clear, that, Emma Donahue who has not done any of this. There was there's one line, and I have this kind of thing like where I. Things sound phony to me, you know. Mm. Maybe I'm wondering if it sounds phony to you. It's when she, I think she was explaining the the real world to her, to Jack. Um, well, Mas explained the real world to, to Jack, and she says, "No," he says, "This story is boring. I want a different story." And then she says, "No, this is the story you get." And I felt that that was not so much speaking to Jack as speaking to the audience. Yeah, if you know okay, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, I'm going to tell you the story about female kind of empowerment and female overcoming of things that that's like female yeah. that, that's what i kind of read it and that's that no that that's phony i know i thought that was a fairly strong allegorical point going back yeah. to what we talked about where the normal version of this story mm-hmm. is the version where they're in captivity they escape and the final shot is the police officers arriving yeah and the sun and they're crying in, in the and cop cry- car yeah, yeah and that's it and it's i think that that's not the story you're getting and you're right that moment comes about the halfway point it's yeah. worth noting the film splits exactly in half down to the minute really? in the time spent yet yeah, in okay. the room versus the point where he's taken out of the room but um, I think that I think that's very intentional, very pointed. That it's taking mm-hmm. that woman in trouble. I mean, the argument is that the current generation of people who are writing these films and books would have came of age in the '90s, when you would have had all these stories of abducted children. You know, those missing children, milk carton kids, mm. for example. But even stuff like the serial killer. Bill. I feel like you're about to talk for five okay. minutes. Okay, <laughs> Interrupted. No, no, no. Just like Darren loves talking about the '90s. Okay. But, <laughs> no, like do yeah sorry no i'm, I'm no, no but I, I think that like room is very much a response to people who would have you know yeah. from people who would have grown up in the 90s with stories that would have been about the capturing a woman and keeping a woman in boxes mm. like i mean the science of the lambs is a big example but even like kiss the girls where i think he has a little sort of menagerie i think buried if i remember correctly full of women that he's kidnapped and that sort of stuff mm. and i think that 
you're right, Sean, that like this is not the story you get is probably as much directed as the aud- mm. at the audience as at the child that she's talking to. Mm. But I think that's a fair allegorical point. Like, I mean, this is Emma Donoghue who's like wrote again Hood, which is a retelling of mm. Red Riding Hood for a, mm. a modern generation. Yeah, and I think like when I'm I'm still obviously processing the film after only seeing it this morning, but all the horror of the room in the first part of the film. There are scenes in the second half, particularly when she walks into her like achingly teenage bedroom with pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio on the walls and Radiohead and I stuff still have Leo is, on my wall yeah but stuff that is very late 90s and you kind of realise I still have Radiohead on my wall as well I think she had white stripes didn't she yeah she had white stripes as well yeah. and Phantom and Planet I believe Brie Larson is now dating a member of Phantom oh, really? Planet oh really that's well, a, a nice little circle, serendipity yeah. yeah but that's like the most that was a particularly like, terrifying scene because you realise like she really was just a kid who then was taken and scenes like that where she she doesn't really know where else to go. Like the first meal where they're all sitting down after the news media have gone away, after they've got up and you kind of realize like they all just have to sit now and talk and catch up. And like, what do you catch up on? And, and yeah, poor Leo. Like, yeah. Well, scenes like that I actually thought as you, to your point, I really did think that that's what makes it a good film, that it doesn't shy away from this is what's going to happen. There's all these people. So the way I feel about that is that, they raise these lot these themes and there's a lot of dramatic scenes, you know, like where William H Macy, um, that's the 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 father of mm. of Ma, can't actually look at Jack, you know, mm. and it's a very very powerful scene, you know, and it's kind of understated because they don't talk about it too much, but then it's kind of that kind of theme is kind of raised, but then I think intentionally there's lots of times where there's like a difficult theme raised and then it's not developed because maybe because they don't have time. Or, or what do you guys think that that kind of works? Would you like to have seen that kind of theme of you know the the grandfather not being able to look at it? No, like because resolved, I, I or think just enough to raise it. I thought it was just enough to raise it because there's so many things in this. You know, there's another thing where they play around with suicide very well, and yeah. it's strange because she's given you know she's given ovens and she's given equipment and she's given lots of stuff in the room, but then the horrible journalist sort of asks, well, you know, why didn't she kill yourself? And oh, it also yeah. asked, why didn't you get rid of the kids mm. when you could have? To, to, be, to be fair, that the, interview. Correct, the, yeah, the, the interview is not great, but the, the answer to that, like, did you never think about asking the man who abducted and yeah. raised yeah, children whether answer. or not he should take care of the child? I mean, like, one of the one of the fan theories about, and again, yes, Room is a movie that has fan theories really? in comments, okay. is that Jack is actually a girl, um, and that uh, the reason that Joy has described him as Jack and doesn't want oh, Nick God. to touch him is quite obvious when you follow that line of thought. Now, according to Donahue and according to everybody else involved, Jack is a boy, but that is one of the readings of the novel. Right, um, yeah. Because, um, I mean, she's very insistent that nothing happened to him hmm. uh, when they're in the hospital, uh, when the doctors are trying to take it. It was a really like a horrible phrase used when the doctor described, like, you're kind of lucky in a way because this happened to him while he was plastic. Yeah. And yeah, took him uh, wasn't something I was familiar with, but I presume that's because he's still like he yeah. hasn't fully formed all his like. No, it's microplastic. We're all eating and drinking microplastic. No, no, it's no, not. Yeah, our genitals are getting closer <laughs> to our anuses <laughs> because what? of all of the uh, plastics that yeah. were. While yeah. I'm not going to contradict Sean yeah. or Andrew on this point, I will say that plasticity, as it refers to uh, young children is the ability to form an identity and to bypass trauma. So the idea is that, like, if Jack had reached a certain age in the room, his perspective would have been so fixed by reference to everything in the room that he could not have 
come mm. out of there, so to speak. He would be like like those stories you hear about the kids discovered in the wild. The yeah. sort of Nell is yeah. that. He story. he could he could leave the room and everyone outside of the room speaks Spanish, and he would catch it <laughs> fairly quickly. quickly yeah. yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the um, he was in there for longer, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't learn it from Dora the Explorer. No. The, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, 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 I've got to catch up with memes now. <laughs> yeah. um, I did. I did like the joy. It was like, you know, stop giving the kid your phone. Also, I didn't know phones could do this now. No. But stop giving the kid your phone. <laughs> the 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 interview is like, did you think maybe of taking your own life, <laughs> or or perhaps maybe. What about giving away Jack? What about what about killing Nick and then killing yourself and Jack? And uh, did you ever uh, in the five in the f- five years think of eating Jack? What do you think Jack tastes like? But do you think that the point of the interview is to kind of make us feel the kind yeah. of sensationalism that yeah. they're not doing what they're kind of doing like I don't know something about the sensationalism there but there were almost yeah. questions that probably did you know occur like they occurred to me early on when I was watching them in the really? room well not really? some of the, the eating <laughs> stuff more than like <laughs> god right I Alex like watching the movie going I do wonder what Jack tastes like yeah but there's a bit where he was like screaming through a vent and I was wondering like could he fit through there could you just like you know get him I out? was younger as and well that's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. all these kind of things there was the moment where Alex was wondering if you stood there and kept entering four <laughs> Digit combination. Yeah, that's on the another door. thing. Because I did do that once in with a four-digit four combination. Like they don't, they, you can get there. Because most people, first of all, like the buttons and stuff are usually worn away from yeah. pressing those four. Yeah. And you do hear it a few times that it's only a four. So that that's leaves. True. Like 9,999 possible yeah. codes, but when you're there for seven years, why not just every day mm. got up to a thousand today, two thousand tomorrow? They're worn away. And the guy comes away. in each day. Wow, we, we should like, totally introduce uh, before introduce this becomes a this. podcast about four men explaining why they would escape from the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will not say that there are three lights, <laughs> I will try every combination. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, actually, it's worth noting in terms of that interview. That interview is probably the one part of the movie I felt was incredibly heavy-handed. Mm. And it's great because the moment that she appeared, because you don't see the interview's face for a little while while she's talking, and she's got black hair, and she's like a woman, a, you know, sort of a slim woman in her late forties, early fifties, newsy-looking, newsy-looking woman. And my immediate response is that Celia Ward from Gone Girl, who mm. had a sort of a similar role in, like, again, at the same year, same release. As a pressy oh, yeah. journalist asking inappropriate questions on national television. I mean, I haven't watched too many American news shows. Do they tend to ask those sorts of Neither questions? Neither have I. Um, um, just, yeah. Well, you've seen, you've, seen, you've seen the interview with Tom Cruise. With, uh, with Oprah. And, and, no, there's lots of Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise interviews. I, I imagine like lots of people have... have have seen them. There's the interview he has when it's very, really weird. I saw it recently where Katie Holmes is is sitting just kind of um, adjacent to him. Yeah, no, no, just just kind of out out, out of the studio. But sometimes the camera turns to to to, to kind of <laughs> sure, look at her, kind there. of sitting, kind of <laughs> uncomfortably, kind of you know smiling. Um, and the interviewer is saying, "You're you're 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 so in love at the moment. How does that feel?" And it's like it's incredible. And it's like, um, tell us about sci- Scientology and and, and 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 about Brooke Shields. Don't you think um, uh, antidepressants can help people? And it's like, no, you're 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 being glib and um, Oof. 
Yeah, they, they, it's, it's, uh, I think we, we've, I don't know. we've spoken a lot about Tom Cruise. I, I think it's, a, I think it's a cult thing with the hair and the, Oh know. yeah, they did say that. So I love, yeah, yeah the, the world's worst, the world's best policeman partnered with the world's worst policeman, yeah, yeah. which is quite a combination. I suppose you want to sort of balance those out to a perfectly one adequate police team. to clearly just drop the kid at an orphanage on the way home <laughs> and the other one who was like, did we go left or right? Did you and works out where the mother is based on the child's the number of stop yeah. signs as well. <laughs> it's super clever. The action yeah. at the end is like unbelievable. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. That's like, yeah, the police officer just wants to go home. It's like I don't believe it. I yeah. think is the exact quote. Yeah. No, like I, I, I like it's it's because um, it it can come across either way. It's either like um, oh, what an incredible. Um, job you've done uh, as as like a detective like to, to, figure this, medal, you know, to figure this out yeah. to, fi- to figure this out or else he's saying are you serious are, are we gonna have to like is this not over can i not go like home now <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell my wife i'd be home with twinkies yeah. 20 minutes ago yeah. yeah let's just find this man and give them back the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let's give him back his child <laughs> Um, the man was terrifying and it was funny because I actually again I didn't I knew William H. Macy was in this but I was thinking I really hope they haven't cast him as the kidnapper because I don't know if I'd believe that you know my mm. go-to William H. Macy is that bit in Fargo when she questions him and he goes, eh, I'll be right back in a minute. And you see him driving his car away, poking his little head above the... And the go-to William H. Macy is the cooler, you know, where he plays oh, such yeah. a sad laugh. For, they, they for, for some reason, the image that always comes to my mind when I think William H. Macy is Huckleberry Hound. I oh, know yeah. he's never actually played Huckleberry Hound. So sad, groupie, yeah. The problem with William H. Macy is he's in too many things. So I feel like the the uh, Jack is going to be like, and is he... <laughs> In the, the, from the real world or the TV planet? Because <laughs> I, I know I'm yeah, from Shameless. Yeah. yeah. Can, can we talk about Old Nick for a sec? Oh yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think Old Nick. I mean, as as the kind of villain, you know, we kind of see him at the start from Jack's perspective, and mm. then he's kind of painted as this sort of figure of kind of failed masculinity, you know. And he reminds me a bit of like the kind of conversations people are having now about incels, sure, and cooks and things like that. No, it was like there were a few scenes in that which made him scary, you know, and, yeah. uh, and it, a lot of the sort of thinking I was thinking like, can you not just like whack him on the head with something? And then mm. when she sort of explains, I once whacked him on the head with something. That's why like, the toilet doesn't have a lid. Yeah, and he yeah. broke my wrist and you're like, oh God. Well, bad. there's the moment in, in bed where he almost suffocates her, oh God, uh, which yeah. is like incredibly um, intense. Because again, it flips from being at they're lying in bed together and you're almost wondering look she has a needle that she has from threading the egg snakes yeah why don't you just jab him in the eye or something um, and then goes to okay well he will he will strangle you and suffocate you yeah, yeah I mean the, I don't think jabbing a needle in somebody's eye is going to um, uh, solve the problem yeah I no no well, she, points I, at, she points at herself like, it, uh, even if you like, were to kill him you'd still be trapped in the room and stuff like that yeah. but no. And also, you're not going to kill him by... Okay, I... Like, if, if, if you're going to talk about violence... If you're going to talk about violence, Darren, you have to talk about it from, from, from uh, like, a perspective but, of, 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 of knowing things about but, these sorts of things. Anyway, back to what Sean was saying about Old Nick as sort of a fragment of failed masculinity. Because there is, because even in those sequences where he's terrifying, he's still mm. pathetic. The sequence where he's yeah. suffocating her, he's still wearing his white underwear and yeah. socks, yeah. which makes... It's really uncomfortable first, and horrific, but also him, really different. You don't see his face; you just see his pants dropping. Well, no, you see his like horrible jumper, and, and his, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was awful. Yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> it really, it really is. And again, like, and again, you have that idea of failed masculinity where he's laid off from his job, mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the question, like, and in in the book, I believe it's explicit, but it's implied in the film is that like 
the reason that Joy suddenly becomes convinced about escaping is because she realizes that he's unemployed, can't buy them food anymore. Mm. Um, he's either going to let them starve to death or probably kill them. Mm. Um, so she needs to act quickly as well. But there's this sort of like, even though he is terrifying and frightening, he's still pathetic uh, because of that. Yeah. I mean, even the sequence where, uh, you know, where Jack escapes and sort of manages to reach a stranger, he tries to take Jack away and then sort of Jack drops and he runs. Mm. Um like, there's this interesting sort of push and pull between the two extremes where he... And I think Abramson does it very well. And I think that it's very canny that he's out of focus for so much of the film. You do get to see his face occasionally, but you, you yeah. mostly see him from Jack's perspective. I think it's very important that this isn't his story or a story about him. Because yeah. so many, again, like of the stories that we talked about, things like Science of the Lambs, mm-hmm. where, or even like things like, for example, Kiss the Girls, mm-hmm. they tend to obsess on the psychology of like the serial killer, yeah. serial offender, as something that's worthy yeah. of discussion or debate. This is much like, look, he's just a pathetic weirdo. He's a monster. The, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the more kind of characterization you give somebody like this the more it becomes kind of yeah the like um that um even from like silence of the lambs people will like um uh, uh, quote both hannibal lecter and buffalo bill yeah well i mean hannibal do that little trick when they talk there sorry (laughs) okay thank you andrew Um, yeah but hannibal lecter is is a prime example where he evolved from being this serial killer to being like this pop cultural icon yeah Um, would you (laughs) sorry okay thank you andrew Um, thank you for having me the listeners can't see but they're having a domestic right now (laughs) physically wincing in response to this but uh, uh, guys um, would this as a um, as an Irish movie well I think what you were sort of saying um, Darren is interesting because this was sort of a breakthrough relatively in Irish film it was it was one that not only did Lenny Emerson I think get the best director Oscar nomination but was Element Pictures as well that distributed this and then suddenly yeah, put them over on a whole here. different platform? Um, it was the first A24 film in the States to get a Best Picture nomination as well. Um, it was the first what? A24 the film to get a Best oh, Picture okay. nomination as well, which is, and again, they're the ones who went on to do stuff like Moonlight, for example. Okay. Uh, but even here, it's it's kind of signaled that Ireland was a place where you could grow that sort of talent. Mm. Uh, because, I mean, you look at stuff like, say, The Favourite, which is another um, Irish film board, or Screen Ireland, if you will, mm. produced movie that got a Best Picture nomination as well. So it's kind of very important in terms of Irish film in the past five, six years. Yeah. I mean, even Abramson is now an international director. He'd be, he would have been known before this primarily as an Irish director. Mm. Think of like um, Adam and Paul, for example, Garage. Garage yeah. um, and it's funny what Richard did. I think my favorite one of his films is Frank, which I watched again recently. And like Frank still is weird, you know, and yeah. it's funny and it's unique and it's very specific and... I, don't, I do think, even though it's sort of not entirely set in Ireland and doesn't star a lot of Irish characters, it is, there is something kind of Irish about it. Whereas this, I felt, this is sort of different. This doesn't feel Irish in the same way, but it's kind of what you said, that you can actually like sort of um, support a film like this being made in this very specific way. But it did feel like he'd kind of hit the big time. Yeah. And well, I mean, his follow-up to this was Little Stranger, which, again, starring Don Gleeson with... Uh, I believe it has Irish support and there's Irish money in there. Mm-hmm. But it's also, again, it's a movie about the English class system, um, yeah. which is something very broad and international in terms of stuff. Because I'm pretty sure that a lot of the people watching this movie 
while the, you do get a with support of the Irish Film Board logo up there would not think of this as an Irish movie they'd probably be more likely to think of the films we covered like Braveheart or mm-hmm. um, Barry Lyndon as an Irish film I mean there's other reasons why this is an Irish movie we we, we have WWE wrestler and small dog uh, Seamus oh yeah in, yeah. Uh, in, in, in this movie what did the guy <laughs> say as well he said something like he's not very smart and he's very small Seamus shake your hands <laughs> Yeah, we'll it's either one. a leprechaun or a dog. Yeah, we'll leave that one. Yeah. Um, I did like that you pointed out that the role of Leo, who is uh, you know the the character perhaps I most identified with in the film, looked like he was very happy that either Alan Davies or uh, Stephen Rio were not available yeah. to play the role. And it's yeah. funny because apparently that guy, that actor, is a Canadian actor who auditioned for the role of Big N- Old Nick. You look oh, like me when you say what? old Nick. Uh, well, <laughs> why have I become a surrogate for old Nick you over here? You, you were very that. much like, let's yeah. talk about old Nick. That's yeah. why I was mentioning it. But am I, like, you for old Nick? Yeah, and then they said, no, you're far too sort of like genial and grandfatherly. Yeah. We've got a better role for you. Yeah. Why don't we put you in a scene with Jacob Tremblay and see how it goes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he keeps coming back from these he, auditions. He did have a, he and did it's have like, did you get it? No, I didn't seem creepy or menacing enough. And it's like, don't worry. You'll get it sometime. He'll get you a villain role. Going in there in cardigan. You know? <laughs> yeah. with, with Seamus his actual yeah, dog to be <laughs> my neighbour yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom McCamus was his name yeah hey, I, I, I quite enjoyed him in spite of him not being Stephen Ray yeah, um, I did like him just as this guy who was kind of like there's a great scene where he you know Jack has to go and wait in the basement so he doesn't go up and see the horrible interview with the journalist and we just get a shot of Leo asleep with a paper on his stomach like He's not minding the kid, and the kid goes upstairs <laughs> and sees everything. Keep him downstairs. Keep him downstairs. One job. One job. In yeah. his man cave. You it's also... difficult for him to switch on his responsibilities brain <laughs> yeah. when he's down there. Yeah, he's, he's 70 years old. He suddenly had to look after a kid for the first time. Yeah. I, did, I did like his man cave. He had like two kind of uh, what do you call those kind of chairs? What are they called? Egg chairs. Lazy boys. Oh, he had like yeah. two lazy boys, and then he also had like the washer dryer in the corner. Yeah, you know? so it's like <laughs> everything you need. Yeah. Man yeah. Cave. Proper response. You can't be mad at yeah. Leo either if he screwed up. You'd imagine just like oh, Leo wasn't minding the kids. Well, I mean, like, I can imagine. There's the really great scene where like Joy and her mother are going at it, and like and again. All yeah. of these, all these compositions have Leo sitting in the center of the yeah. frame, like an ocean of calm. Like the moment where William H Macy is like, "I can't look at the kid," yeah. and like there's Leo is there. He just wants to eat his ice cream. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's not getting involved in this. Even Bob likes Leo. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, like, oh, thanks, Leo. Yeah, yeah give me a scotch. Oh, or whatever, whatever yeah. you have. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Um, um, but I mean, I really like Leo. I can't stress needed. that. I like, kind of felt like there were there is an actual scene where everyone's stressed and not looking at him, and then Leo kind of has his own little monologue to himself for the benefit of the child. It's great to get him to go yeah. play Cheerio, eat Cheerios with him. And I really enjoyed it. Really yeah. enjoyed that scene because yeah. that yeah. is kind of what the kid needed, just at like someone to go play and have a dog and and run around and yeah, like the the. Um, I I envy people like uh, Leo Leo who can who can be that kind of maybe it comes from like um, I don't know if 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 Leo in the story had ever been a parent but having that kind of like facility because mm. because it's so kind of easy to to get wrong or to talk to children like oh oh what what would you like well, to do and, 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 yeah. and when you yeah. contrast that even later with the grandmother who's clearly so and John Allen's really fantastic yeah. in it 
but you know even when she's asking questions about his life and she says things like oh I used to go in the wardrobe when Nick would visit you can see the grandmother mm-hmm. going the realising yeah back away there's from that. kids that pick up on that stuff you know there was there, 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 a, a scene later on where he's building the room with his Lego yeah. and he's in the wardrobe yeah and then at the end of it, at the end of this kind of scene, he kind of takes his Lego apart. So yeah, he's yeah. not building the room anymore. Yeah. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. yeah, the way, yeah, actually, the the way they constructed that as well across various scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few scenes where he wakes up in the night and he's looking at her wardrobe as well, like yeah. looking at it as like a, oh, that's good because. I'm also reminded of uh, Anthony Hopkins, apparently, in his rider has a thing. And this isn't just because of Silence of the Lambs. His rider? In his rider, yeah, like a contract. contract when you go Your into a... template. Um, yeah. he, he requires, like, a little wardrobe to, like, get into and, like, seal himself into. I'm not making this up. I feel like what? a giant. No, just to, like, to, to, like <laughs> get away from everything. So, apparently, when they were making Nixon yeah. with Oliver Stone, James yeah. Woods tells us... Yeah, James Woods has gone <laughs> off the deep end, but... Um, tells a story about like they have a little closet in uh, in like his big movie star thing yeah. and he just sort of like locks <laughs> himself up in there as like oh. a sensory deprivation thing isn't there the story about Anthony Hopkins as well another one of those great writers that he has which is that like if he's in a movie in Los Angeles he'll get them to fly him to like New York or whatever and he'll get them to pay for renting a car and gas so he can drive across the country to get there mm. Well, yeah. that's pretty cool. That yeah, is cool. No, no, well, I mean, like, it comes like, across as a that, very... That doesn't seem like... That, <laughs> that doesn't seem quite as intense that, as I want my wardrobe. No, that, that doesn't seem like the, the most difficult of writers no. to provide. I thought it was going to be like... I want a, a, a private jet so I can go like forward and back from where I want to be in the United States to... To, <laughs> to Los Angeles um, to, to, to Los Angeles. I like that, the idea of like, I really want to drive across America. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> want that a, a, a experience. We haven't actually talked much about Brie Larson, um, who is phenomenal here. She won the Best yeah, Actress Oscar really for this is. as well, and she's great. She was, and again, Larson is one of those actors who has had a tremendous and interesting and varied career. Famously began her career as a teen pop star. What? Um, yeah, I, yeah you would be that famous if I haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, her first album sold only 3,500 copies, which means oh, right. it's about as successful as our podcast. Um <laughs> We're up there, people. We're up there. We're just waiting so for the So she break. should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> yes, clearly she's amounted to nothing and done no great well, work. Well, no, like, up until the yeah. point that <laughs> if she had only been a famous pop star, in inverted commas, up to our level of being famous <laughs> podcasters, <laughs> then yeah. yes, she... she no, she like, was one, like, and, and I hadn't actually... I'd heard she was good in a lot of things, but one of these people that had never actually, you know, seen something and thought, wow, she was fantastic, probably because I'd seen things like 21 Jump Street and Scott Pilgrim, and she's fine yeah. in those, but she's very much like and a supporting, supporting role in a, in a comedy film. And I hadn't seen Short Term 12, 12, which, which is I, the one that got her this. Yeah, um, apparently um, when they are casting this, uh, Abramson mentioned that he was looking for this as a suggestion. She wasn't on there, but apparently somebody on his staff had seen Short Term 12, told him to go see it, and she jumped right to the top of the list for it. Cool. Which one was she in Scott Pilgrim? She was... Um, was she one of his she girlfriends? Was, she was the ex who was in the successful one band the now with the blonde hair. She... Uh, she was the one going out with the vegan guy who could fly, who was played by Superman. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, 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 who, He's got vegan powers. Yeah. Yeah. Who was incorrigible. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, yeah, so, um, but this was, this was sort of a big break for her because it was, um, obviously Short Term 12 was a dramatic role, 
but this was something that sort of propelled her to a new level of stardom. Yeah. Um, she famously wanted to... Um, well, she did a number of things for the role. Again, this is the thing where you've done... If you're campaigning for an Oscar, you're going to give lots of interviews about your process. Her process for this was quite interesting in that she actually ended up putting on a lot of muscle because she originally wanted to lose weight mm. uh, for the role because her, her argument was the character would be mal- malnourished and she should look like that. But she went to a doctor and the doctor said, look, your body type the way that it is, if you become... If you eat less, you will, like, faint. Um, so she'd actually put muscle on, uh, which she thought was interesting because it fit her character's origin as the a track that, racer. The thing I thought was really, it was her and particularly Jack, I don't know if it was makeup or not, but their skin, you could see the veins, the blue veins yeah. to show they hadn't had sunlight. That was a really creepy little detail, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she also apparently wouldn't wash her face during the day while she was doing it. And you can see a lot of the dirt and, and grime on there as yeah. well, um, which is, is quite remarkable and quite striking as well. Even afterwards, even in the scenes afterwards, it's clear that the Larson's wearing makeup in the same way that actors normally wear makeup. Mm. But it creates a sort of interesting sort of, like, in the first half, she doesn't look like a person on screen normally looks. Mm-hmm. Ja- um, Jacob's process was, in, in, in the morning, my mom makes me breakfast and, and gets me to have a, 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 a bath. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I yeah. just go and pretend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she practices the line. I go to pretend. Yeah. Then she puts me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's the famous the story that Larson likes to tell about meeting uh, Tremblay for the first time. Because they, they had to do... Obviously, they had to do, like, chemistry meets. She was cast first. Uh, Tremblay was cast last. And the reason for that was because if the production was delayed, the idea was the kid would age out. Mm-hmm. You, oh can't, God, you, yeah, you yeah. can't do this with a certain age of kid. Whereas, on the other hand, Larson, for, you know, five, ten years, could conceivably play the same age. So then when they're doing a chemistry meeting, she went over to his house. Um, and they built Lego together. And mm. she remarked on how awkward it was because he kept asking really personal questions with a great intensity along the lines of have you seen star wars what do you think of star wars what's your favorite color what's your favorite animal um and you know she's she's there talking about how like when she went home that night she was like i hope to god i answered those questions right and sort of just clicked and i wonder what this like seven-year-old kid thinks of me turns out he had heard it was her birthday the following week and wanted to get her a birthday present yeah he got her a little red panda mug which i thought was very cute well, if I if I realized that you wanted a little red, <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, you know now. Are you yeah. sure he wasn't just pandering? Like, oh, oh yeah. hey. not quite your cup of tea, Sean. Oh. Um, but also, I can't bear it. <laughs> Uh, Alex? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Also, all the drawings on the wall were done by Larson and Tremblay as well. Okay, um, which is good. Um, yeah. Do you believe that? <laughs> Wow, that's a, <laughs> take that's a, that's a weird thing. <laughs> 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 Come on, all the things that we know. Oscar campaigning. I mean, you got to take this out. I did those drawings. That kid is not seven. CGI didn't impose. He was digitally de-aged. Jacob Tremblay is actually 47 years old. It's actually Jeffrey Tambor. Hiding out. It's my job to be the cynical one. But yeah, and again, it's interesting that Tremblay, despite being the nominal lead of the film, campaigned for a supporting actor not. Um, I could see that. Once again, similar to um, Thomas the Lambs and the best actor going to... Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins with 17 minutes yeah. of screen time as yeah. well, which is remarkable. But yeah, despite the fact Tremblay is the... No, it is kind of her film in a way, because even the, the perspective and stuff, even with that fantastic performance by, by uh, Jacob Tremblay as Jack... 
the his so much of his focus is on her that I do think it is kind of her film, and, and that's why yeah. you know she's probably got the most attention. For the and she's and phenomenal, right? yeah. really, really, really good. Is yeah. great. And as I say, I hadn't really like taken seen her in much, so this was really incredible. Yeah, well, it was a breakout. It was a breakout role for her. Like I mean, this is the film that people think of when they think of Brie Larson, which mm. is phenomenal. Yeah. Which might be Captain Marvel, depending on uh, how that does. Yeah, depending well, on how Brexit goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, $155 million uh, opening weekend. Okay. Oh, very good. So I think that's... You made $24 million on Thursday. For, Bre- for Brexit. <laughs> how do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel, Brie Larson's uh, superhero film. Is it any good, though? I've heard mixed uh, things. I think we all have to go support it because there are horrible people online who aren't. Yeah, I can't it. prejudge it's, things around tomatoes. <laughs> I know I can't. It's, it's like Ghostbusters. It's not as bad as people wanted it to be. Not as good, good as, as people, people wanted it to be. Okay, okay. And somewhere in the I, middle. I, from from what I've heard, that's this is like right. entirely based on kind of yeah. reading the temperature on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. about what it is. It suffers from a big structural problem, uh, which is yeah, it it has. It doesn't have, quite have a mid-movie pivot in the same way that Room has a mid-movie okay. pivot, but it thinks it does, and that causes kind of a real problem with the film, um, structurally speaking. But again, it, it's interesting that I wonder, again, would Room get on the list now, given Larson has become this figure of online hate? Yeah. But she has become this target for online Well, hate. I think it's more like, like this isn't ruining um, um, all of these... Uh, 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 buttered men's childhoods. <laughs> this particular one, but I, I, I think they, they, a lot of the problem that people have with the likes of the Last Jedi and with with uh, Ghostbusters and with Captain Marvel isn't that it's a a, 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 a strong woman in a role, but that the the strong a strong woman in a role taking away something from them that 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 they're not. Um, entitled to um because it's theirs mm. or because they perceive it yeah yeah and no, no yeah that's what i mean that, that's where i it's like I, the kind I, of person who steals a little girl and puts her in a room for a long time yeah. exactly yes. yeah yeah nice it, job bringing it back there <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to. <laughs> um but yes. let's talk about food waste <laughs> the, the, do you actually have a food waste yeah. note for this well the, yeah the, she um, those pancakes in the hospital didn't look like they were getting she, eaten that's yeah. your first meal out and they give them like hospital pancakes I remember thinking could have gone a bit better although there might have been a diet thing and everything yeah. I think she I stormed off she stormed off when uh, they were eating the the chocolate ice cream. I don't feel like it was. Uh, I don't think necessarily. Leo would have let go to waste though. Leo, no, like he, him. actually, he seems like he the kind of guy. All the bowls <laughs> when, one um, he, he would say to Nancy, "No, you 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 should go. You should go uh, <laughs> talk to her." And then when he's like, "Nom nom nom," yeah. <laughs> there's a deleted scene that it's just him in the kitchen by himself, waiting to see that everybody's gone, and then reaching for the other bowls. Leo is just rubbing his hands together when. When, when like Bob, then Joy, yeah. then Nancy all leave, and he's like, More for uh, me. "Yeah, well, Jack, it's just the two of us." Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a lot of like in the early part of the film, they were being very, you know, saving with the food, obviously, because they didn't have very much of it. I think mm. Jack himself says that's wasteful, and she kind of is like, "We're out in the world now; we can be as wasteful as we can be." Not true. <laughs> Eat all the food. I did enjoy them going to Apache Burgers. And I want to find out if that's a... They, did you say that you pizza? had um, uh, lived in... I had. Um, I, I recognised um, the, the valley when they were looking out onto the hospital as the valley my, my school bus used to drive through because I grew up actually fairly near where they shot this. 
And so every now and again, like the boardwalk at the end, that was fairly near where we lived, um, the beach boardwalk along the Lake Ontario. And then even weird things like the cement mixing plant, which always brings a bit of nostalgia. Cause I was wondering like why you one. chuckled when there was a shot of a very big was looking. <laughs> mostly because there was a bigger one and they blew up the bigger one. And for years, there was this whole argument about whether or not it was this sort of part of the neighborhood or whether it was this eyesore. And then mm. eventually they kind of landed on it's an eyesore, but part of the neighborhood. So we're going to keep it. So seeing it in a film after knowing that it was all this that this like actually campaign for years of blow it up no don't blow it up and thing like well there it is now it's still standing <laughs> it's it's at least 20 years since i was there looking at it so yeah good to see it's still going strong and and is there an apache burger in I toronto didn't, i didn't, the I most didn't important question recognize Andrew. apache burger no i'm sorry just... should be noted andrew took a brief hiatus from the podcast early last year to go on a food sampling tour of the uh the Western United States. Yeah, of 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 of, of LA. Yeah, I didn't see any um, Apache, uh, burger. uh, Apache burgers. I was trying to limit it to chains. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting kind of. Well, but I suppose more specifically chains that we don't have here. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, the Annette burger and stuff like but that. But yeah, I did enjoy um, that they got a hammock as well. As well as the dog. Mm. This is the Definitely payoff. Kind of this is like Chekhov's yeah, hammock. Hammock goals. Like yeah. 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 If a um, hammock is mentioned in the first act, it yeah. must be deployed by the third. Um, and I want to tell the listeners that Darren does have a shed at the back of his house, but I've been in it and everything's fine. <laughs> All okay. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting, actually, during the final shot, since we sort of reached that point in the podcast, the final shot of the, podca- uh, the, final shot of the film was that they had wanted there to be snow. Um, the production team had decided that they would love for there to be snow in this sequence. Mm. And then they budgeted doing it in CGI, because I think you pointed out like it looks like a lot of the icy breath, for example, mm. yeah. in the in the room itself is done by CGI. Pesky child labour laws, mm. god damn it. Um, <laughs> but they budgeted doing CGI snowfall for the final scene in the room where they're leaving the room behind. And they found that it wasn't actually in the budget, they couldn't afford it. So they went out to shoot it on the day, it happened to start snowing. Fantastic. One of those great movie stories. Now, you reckon if it hadn't have started snowing, they probably would have kept that to themselves. But still, mm. it's a nice little story. Yeah. What ben- about, like, the old ways of, like, getting a, uh, I don't know, a bucket of uh, white Ice stuff. shavings. Yeah. 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 Do we still have any cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's get a writer. Yeah. 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 So rain yeah. it down on the, yeah. on the side there. Yeah. I love the idea of, yeah, doing this big emotional farewell scene, just having somebody in the background rumbling a sheet of metal like yeah. thunder. Um, <laughs> it's really taking us out of there. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, I thought it was interesting that Jack didn't say goodbye to the toilet. <laughs> and he was like, I can't say goodbye yet to the toilet. Not ready. Toilet, to be an older man. And I'll see you later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, particularly because the toilet, think of all the hard work the toilet's done. I think the toilet had earned that good boy. Yeah. yeah. Like you look at the, the bath, the floor, the rug, the skylight. The wall, they, all do yeah. it, they all do important work. But toilet is the best place yeah. for getting rid of going to the toilet. Yeah. He, he, he says the room is only smelly when you fart. fart. Mm. But there's no mention of them. Uh, they, Everybody puts the lid down. After where, does she go into the cupboard? I think what I really liked about the film was the way it didn't dwell on these things. <laughs> yes. The yes. more horrible realities of it were suggested rather than, than showed. So yeah. Yeah. that yeah. was another part, I think. Yeah, I, I rather... Well, this is the sort of thin line that it walked. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think it mostly stays on the right side, but I do think that there is an element of... Where it does occasionally feel a little bit too cutesy. I'm yeah. halfway between yourself and Sean. And I think to wrap up, I think that's why I would give it a bit more credit on the whole, because 
from reading the book, I think one of the things that I was a little worried of going into was, is this going to be cutesy and kind of award-worthy? And The soundtrack is a little bit impressive. It is, and a little sentimental oh, yeah. and stuff. And I found, for the most part, it, it, it handled all those elements without ever tipping the balance too much. And it could have been, like, particularly if the actor playing Jack had played it a little bit more cutesy, a little bit more, I think the whole thing would have been thrown off. But no, thanks to the two central performances, yeah. really, really good. Yeah, and uh, so in terms of as an Irish film, is there anything more we want to say? I mean, we were sitting down, and Sean, I think, was wondering if there was an I- a way to spin this as like an <laughs> allegorical, like metaphorically, an Irish. Film. I've been spinning my wheels here trying to think. Okay. But, you know, I no, think I think so. well, in terms of it being about misery, yeah. <laughs> that is it's a very like, Irish theme, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind there's, of there's, like... an old, uh, there's an old quote. It's like something like that's Mae Vinci, and she said like, uh, "I had a very happy childhood, which is terrible for an Irish writer." <laughs> <laughs> Um, no I think it stands as a a great example of Irish film and an Irish crew and and all those other things without necessarily being an Irish story in the the other sense in the literal sense exactly maybe you could say that the Irish have given so much to world culture that this making this kind of very international kind of it's not very located in one place like the city could be any city in the world. Yeah, know? I think it's meant. I seem to remember the book was supposed to be Ohio yes, or something like that. But then they don't actually really get into it. There's a part where she does recognise it's America, but as you say, mm-hmm. it could have been. It could have been anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. All right, then I think that about wraps it up. Then, unless there's anything else anybody else wants to say about this. No. Um, no. Thumbs up from me. Right. Oh, I want to go back to the start where you said we only we only did three pods together we did four pods we did Inception as well oh yeah well that was like a dream that was a dream no that was a dream it's collapsing yeah. um, but anyway if people are looking for a bit more um, Alex a bit more Sean a bit more Andrew in their lives where can they find you guys um, do, don't don't go looking for me. I just repost things from the podcast. So follow follow the podcast or follow Darren. Um, I, I like um, or or if you want like somebody to to retweet your post, just ask me. And I probably will. Um, uh, but it won't be much of a signal post. Um, so um, Sean. Oh, oh well, when Irish eyes of watching has been on a bit of a hiatus. We've gotten more money from our producers. Yeah. And we're going to be dropping some more. I said dropping there. I can't you believe did. it. We're going to be dropping some more. It's going to be podcasts. hot. Or pods, <laughs> as I call them. Uh, quite PCs, soon. yo. Yeah, I think um, same as Sean. We've had a, we've, from a few different um, things, we've had scheduling issues. But now we're back on track. And uh, I apologize for scheduling issues. <laughs> no, it's everyone. And I hope Sean's we, agent was holding up negotiations. Yeah, he wanted about a, a specific rider about yeah. a tiny little like closet that he could climb into mm, after a water podcast. closet. Yeah, this is this is why Sean will now be credited as and on all further um, <laughs> when I'm they're watching podcasts. But um, yeah, there hopefully <laughs> yeah. will be a lot more in the next year. Yeah, I, 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 um, do you, I, I'd like to plug it being our St. Patrick's Day um, episode, episode. Maybe, which will be maybe. released on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we do, we do have our kind of shared plug that we'll that, that we'll talk about. But yeah, all, um, all Ireland institutions, the likes of um, the, uh, the 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 GAA. Um, the, 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 um, sorry, that is, is, it sounds very broad. Also, the the, um, the credit union is is celebrating sixty years. Mm. We're 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 not very far from from the very first um, uh, credit union mm. on the the, uh, the South Circular Road. I was looking at something on the way here about, it. <laughs> uh, but I had been thinking about the credit union before, um, kind of this morning. 
Um, we need money. <laughs> Sean's agent is very good. They're 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 paying me to 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 do an ad for them. And also credit the credit unions do. The hey, uh, hey. And also the IRFU who 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 I think are having a game at the moment. Yeah. They're 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 men's senior team. I think is playing France. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. in Dublin today as we speak, I saw lots of Frenchmen around. Mm. Yeah, so we can we can we can be proud of these um, these great kind of Irish institutions that um, yeah. that unite us. Uh, is there anything you like, guys would like to plug in terms no. of listeners listening internationally? Uh, if anything Irish that you've enjoyed recently or would like to share? I kind of operate in like a local kind of scale. I'm not sure I operate in like You don't go global? Scale. No, yeah, I don't think we've gone in global, global? yet. <laughs> no. you will. Um, Irish cinemas had a phenomenal year. Um, I saw Greta at the Irish at the Dublin oh, Film yeah, Festival a while ago, which was great fun and would wholeheartedly recommend as well. Um, and The Hole in the Ground, which is an Irish horror film which is screened in Ireland and is releasing in the UK and will probably be available on video demand in the US. If you want to check out some Irish cinema, I would wholeheartedly recommend those yeah yeah so we we have a uh, big um very stupid thing happening very stupid thing oh, next yeah. week terrible um, idea it's, well so. it's, it's next week as you're listening to this okay yeah um, which is we are doing a podcast for charity for the um irish cancer society oh, it is not a regular podcast it is a live podcast it is also not a regular length podcast it is an 18 hour live broadcast covering twin peaks the return uh, we're doing that to raise money for the Irish Cancer Society. You can donate online via Just Giving um, slash the 250. Uh, but we'll tweet out links and stuff like that as well. You can listen to us. Uh, we'll be streaming on Mixler, I believe, as well. And we will be releasing the podcast after it's done the following week with a bit of luck. Absolutely. Yeah, the 18 hours. Oh, it'll be the 18 hours. Right, so it may okay. just be uh, cleaned up a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> That we, we cut out the two hours of oh, myself and Andrew snoring. Yeah, myself and Andrew snoring. Yeah, there 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 needs to be some sort of like digestible version that oh, well. isn't going to take forever to buffer. Yeah, um, but, but I guess we'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure that, that out. Yeah, um, and next week in terms of regular episodes, uh, after we finish doing that mo- that rather large and rather stupid thing, uh, we'll be releasing uh, the Sting. Starring Robert Redford and Paul Great. Newman uh, with special guests. Very special. With guest. a very special guest, my dad. Oh, nice. brilliant. That'd be good. I'm doing something with my nose now to oh, yeah. really pick it up on off my. Because of the sting. Yeah, that's what he does in the sting. He yeah. touches his nose. He does. Okay. I'm glad we clarified that for listeners. <laughs> yeah. I tried to like I tried to do that in real life and try to be cool like Robert Redford. People think you're picking your nose. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're having difficulty touching like your nose. Robert, it's like we're doing a jump. Like yeah. Robert Redford. Yeah. Let's yeah. not pretend that he doesn't pick his nose too. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.